So today's session is the beginning of a new section of discussions about lower urinary tract disease. So the next four weeks are all focused, focused on lower urinary tract disease in cats, which is an important area for us as carers and as clinicians to know about. It's, it's a reasonably common uh, situation that we're presented with in our clinics, cats suffering from urinary problems. So um, the plan for today is to look through these issues. We're going to look, look firstly at some definitions. So what is the lower urinary tract and what are some of the important medical definitions uh, relating to this? We're also then going to look at what the common causes of lower urinary tract disease are. And these do vary a little bit actually according to the age of cats. So I would like to point out some uh, important um, differences in terms of the frequency of some of the diagnoses we make in younger compared to older cats. And then we'll talk about what sort of clues you might see in your cat as an indication that it has lower urinary tract disease and which of these are perhaps more concerning than others. Um, and lastly, really, I will just um, very briefly give an overview of how, as a vet, we make a, a, a confirmed diagnosis of the cause of low urinary tract disease that we're dealing with. So that's the broad brush uh, plan for today. And the first thing really I think to explain would be, well, what is the lower urinary tract? And the lower urinary tract is the bladder, which is where urine is stored, and the urethra, which is the tube taking the urine from the bladder to the outside. And I've put up an x-ray here. It's a cat lying on its side. So imagine that your cat's lying on their side and you're standing above it, looking down. And just to annotate it a little bit now, you can see some of the bones um, that show up white on an x-ray. I've now labeled. So we've got the backbone, the spinal column at the top of the image, the tail to the right. It's standard to show x-rays with the, the cat's head on the left-hand side of, of the image and the tail on the right-hand side. We then have uh, the back leg. You can see uh, both of the back legs superimposed and then a little bit, I've not shown the whole of the abdomen, but a little bit of the abdomen, including in this poor cat's case, a very large bladder. This bladder is, is much fuller than it should be um, because this cat was having difficulty passing urine. Um, and uh, I've also labelled that you can see where a kidney is as well. So from a lower urinary tract disease perspective, uh, we're talking about conditions that affect the bladder and the urethra. And the urethra is the tube that takes urine from the bladder where it's stored to the outside. So in a female cat, the urethra is quite short. In a male cat, it's longer and also can be narrower. Um, other important definitions I've put on this slide um, are lower urinary tract disease, which is basically any illness affecting the lower urinary tract. And lastly, cystitis, which you'll be very familiar with as a term that we use in, in ourselves. Cystitis means inflammation of the bladder. So can occur for a number of reasons. It's just a, a very broad brush uh, term that we use. Some other def definitions that are helpful to know at this point. Well, next week, we're going to talk a lot about idiopathic cystitis, mm -hmm. FIC. Um, feline idiopathic cystitis is 
probably overall the very, very most common cause of lower urinary tract disease in cats. So if any of you have had a cat with lower urinary tract disease, um, you will have probably heard of this diagnosis because it is so common. Idiopathic means cause unknown. So that's the, it's the sort of posh medical term, if you like, for saying we, we actually don't know what the answer is here. And sometimes people will call it stress cystitis because it's often linked to stress. Stress is certainly thought to be something that exacerbates um, and uh, can actually precipitate episodes of this idiopathic cystitis. I'm going to also talk about um, obstructive disease of the urinary tract. Uh, obstructive means blockages. So again, some of you may have had this experience with your cats and it's, this is really one of the worst uh, situations to experience um, in terms of low urinary tract disease because if you have a cat that is blocked where there is obstruction to the passage of urine from the bladder to the outside, that is extremely serious. It can actually be rapidly fatal. So um, this is definitely something we don't want to see if at all possible, um, but including the term obviously at this point to, to explain that to you. And then last on this slide, I've got uh, urolithiasis. Um, urolithiasis means that there are stones in the urinary tract and actually they can be uh, often the bladder, that's the most common location, but they can uh, occur in the kidneys where they would be called nephroliths. Um, so uh, that, that would be another situation in the ureter, uh, which is the tube from the kidneys to the bladder and uh, ureterolith would be the, the term there, um, or they can block in the urethra, the tube from the bladder to the outside. So, and that's one important cause of, of blocked cats. And then we have last few definitions here. So crystals, um, you again will probably, if you've had a cat with urinary tract disease, you may have heard um, your, your vets or you may have uh, read about crystals um, in terms of their relevance in this situation. Um, they are microscopic, so we can't see crystals with the naked eye. We look at them under the microscope and this is the picture on the right is what's the most common sort of urine crystal, uh, which is called struva or magnesium ammonium phosphate crystals look like uh, under the microscope. So they're not visible to the naked eye. And in fact, if you have a cat that eats any dry food, or if there is a delay in the analysis of a urine sample, you pretty much always will see some struvite crystals. So they can be completely normal and completely irrelevant, but in some situations they can be significant. Um, for example, some types of crystal are associated with certain conditions and also for the urinary um, uh, blockage situations, you can get these plugs, uh, which is another definition on this slide, which are a combination of, of protein and mucus and crystals, which form a bit like a cork uh, in a wine bottle. Uh, they form a plug which can block the urethra. And in that situation, crystal management, as it were, in terms of a treatment plan, uh, can be a, an important uh, part of treatment for a particular cat. Um, and then lastly, just to, um, to complete the definitions here, um, a reminder that uh, what I, I may call a tumour or a neoplasm or refer to neoplasia, this is all uh, in terms of cancer. So cancer diagnosis and, and management, which again, obviously we hope we, we don't see too much. And actually it's not that common in terms of urinary tract disease in cats. 
So what does cause lower urinary tract disease in cats? What, is, what are the important causes of lower urinary tract disease? Well, as I mentioned a little bit earlier on, there are some differences in terms of the important causes according to um, the age of the cat. So if we start off by actually looking at cats under the age of 10, which are actually the cats that we probably most often see presented with urinary tract problems, then this would be a very rough breakdown of the causes and their frequency. So you can see um, top of the list is this idiopathic lower urinary tract disease. Um, this uh, cause unknown, although we'll talk more about that next week, there is, there is lots known about it, although overall we still uh, don't know all of the answers, um, but this probably accounts for possibly uh, a half to three quarters of all cats under the age of 10 presenting with lower urinary tract signs. So it is, if your cat has uh, episodes of urinary tract problems, this is definitely a really important thing that your, your vet clinic will be very much considering as uh, a possibility. Other possibilities overall would include stones. So if you have stones in the bladder, of course, they cause irritation. That can make your cat uh, have cystitis as a result of, of the irritation from those stones. Um, urethral plugs, we mentioned a little bit, those are relevant in terms of blocking the urethra, so relevant in your blocked cats. Um, but this slide just covers the overall situation for our cats under the age of 10. Um, and infections you'll see actually are quite um, infrequent as a cause of lower urinary tract disease in our younger cats. So bacterial cystitis um, is actually relatively uncommon in a young cat, or that's certainly our, our current thinking. There are some other causes which are really also quite rare, so less than 10% of cases overall. That would include things like trauma, so perhaps a road traffic accident causing urinary problems, um, perhaps some congenital problems, problems that the cat may be born with, for example, incontinence or uh, problems with the um, development of the urinary system and also cancers, which in young, young cats, cats under the age of 10, uh, relatively infrequent as well. The next category of cats uh, I wanted to highlight the differences with was our blocked cats. So these are the cats where there is a blockage, they can't pass the urine through their urinary tract um, and the bladder therefore becomes very distended. And this is um, a very um, life-threatening because if the urine contains all these toxic products that are needed to, to be excreted from the body and if they can't be excreted, they build up and that can very rapidly um, really cause uh, very, very dangerous changes in the body. And those perhaps not a surprise to find that blockages are often caused by physical things. So stones, um, also plugs, sometimes blood clots. So if your cat has a sort of very bloody cystitis, a blood clot could actually cause a blockage as well. Um, but, but stones and plugs would be the biggest category. Um, and then lastly, we've got the older cats to consider. So this is the, the breakdown for our, our older cats. And the big thing you'll see here is that infections become much more likely, almost 50% of the, the time in terms of our approximate uh, data that we have at the moment would be due to an infection. And we do know that certain illnesses, kidney disease, um, hypothyroidism, diabetes mellitus, um, seem to predispose our cats to bacterial lower urinary tract infections as well. So uh, increase the risk of this happening.
So if you do have an older cat and it develops lower urinary tract uh, signs, a really big contender as a, a possibility would be bacterial urinary tract infection, UTI, um, and in particular if they do have one of these other underlying diseases. What signs might you see as a carer if your cat has lower urinary tract disease? Well, probably if, you, if you've ever suffered from cystitis yourself, you will know many of these signs yourself. So it could be difficulty passing urine. It could be pain passing urine. So your cat may cry out, may repeatedly need to use a litter box or um, repeated, repeatedly strain in inappropriate locations. You can see this, this picture here. This is a, a patient of mine um, with a very horrible cystitis and you can see actually there is a litter box available uh, for the cat um, but, uh, but he was so uncomfortable he just was squatting and straining all the time and what he was passing was quite bloody. There may sometimes also be a change to the odour of the urine. It can be very smelly if there's an infection, for example. Um, and as a sign of discomfort, cats can obviously be quite grumpy and irritable, unhappy. They may be depressed. Um, you know, all these things that you would expect if you two were, were suffering from low urinary tract signs uh, yourself. And for some cats, as part of their uh, way of trying to cope with that pain, they will overgroom um, and sometimes pluck the fur from their belly over where the bladder is, perhaps trying to take away some of that painful sensation that they're experiencing. If you see your cat straining and it's not passing even a drop of urine, then that is very worrying. And that's the situation where uh, in particular, we need to worry about the cat having this urethral obstruction, being a blocked cat. And that, as I've already said a few times, is really a life and death emergency. It's, it's not the, the sort of uh, medical illness to hesitate in any way before contacting your vets. Um, and they will always want to see you if you say, I think my cat is straining and not able to pass urine. That is absolutely um, 10 out of 10, a medical emergency. So um, if in doubt, pick up the phone, speak to your vets, even at the moment, if you know that uh, access to vet services is still a little bit limited by the current uh, COVID situation we're in. This is absolutely uh, a very definite medical emergency, which your vet clinic will want to know about uh, should you suspect it. And equally, if you can see your cat is not well, um, if they are not eating, they're not themselves, then that's another reason to really push that emergency button. I wanted to also mention um, a, a couple of other things that are um, linked to the urinary tract. So one of them is spraying. Um, I'm going to talk more about uh, what uh, is often in, in the vet world uh, called inappropriate urination. It's actually not a very good term. It uh, means uh, urinating outside the litter box in a later session in this series I think it's the I think it's the third week uh, possibly the fourth week uh, that we uh, talk about this um, but spraying is another um, uh, ab well it's not abnormal necessarily for the cats but for us something that we might not want to see in our house is where a cat is urine spraying uh, typically against a vertical surface so a wall a door or some curtains and this is a scent marking process which tends to therefore be more commonly 
shown by entire male cats as part of their territorial marking, um, but sometimes will occur inside the home. Um, again, usually because of some um, stress in terms of perhaps relationships with other cats in the home and this desire to, to show some territorial marking. So it does, of course, involve the urinary tract because urine is being uh, sprayed, um, but perhaps not a disease in, in the way that many of the other things I've mentioned are. Inappropriate urination, peri peri-urea, urination outside the litter box is also something that we, we can see very much linked with lower urinary tract disease. If the cat has cystitis and it's just so desperate to constantly be straining and trying to pass urine um, and uh, doesn't always manage to make it to the litter box, then of course we may see urination outside the litter box and that could be on the carpet, um, it could be on your bed or on other soft furnishings and certainly if the cat has time to make a choice often they will choose somewhere that is quite soft um, and uh, duvets on beds are very popular um, but other soft furnishings also are popular as well and a number of reasons why cats might do this again we'll, we'll have a specific session about this um, but some examples listed on this slide so it is very definitely cats with low urinary tract disease but also if your cat has arthritis for example and it can no longer get into its litter box or no longer comfortably get through the cat flap to get into the garden then they may start to uh, pass urine in what we would consider an inappropriate location from the cat's perspective it might actually suit it fine it's uh it's the cat may not mind urinating on our bed but of course from our perspective that's that's not something that's going to go down very well but we'll talk more about that uh in the later session that we we have planned for this so how uh, are we as vets going to diagnose lower urinary tract disease in cats and when is that really a priority well you will sometimes have a situation where a cat will literally have one episode of uh, urinary tract uh, signs um, and perhaps they will they will pass you know 24 hours later um, everything seems back to normal and if that's the case and it genuinely stays back to normal then you don't necessarily of course need to do tests and investigations to work out what happened because it has sort of self-cured if you like but for those situations where the clinical signs are persistent or prolonged or episodes keep recurring um, then of course doing investigations becomes really important to try and work out what is the cause so we can find the best treatment and the other situation of course where investigations are really important would be those cats that we suspect to have that urethral obstruction the blocked cat and the cat that's ill all of those situations definitely are ones that uh, your vet clinic would want to be involved with so where veterinary involvement is required, the steps that are, that are taken, the steps that we take would include firstly what we call taking a history. So a medical history is where we ask lots of questions and we gather some information that really builds hopefully as detailed a picture as possible that helps to, to tell us what might be the cause of the problem. So we would want to know, for example, um, is this the first time this has happened or um, do we have an underlying problem that is uh, come back again or perhaps has this cat got underlying diseases like kidney disease or thyroid disease that may have predisposed it to a urinary tract infection is the cat able to pass urine uh, to your knowledge at home and you might not always be able to say it's not always easy but if you can say clearly that is is useful information for us to know 
are there other signs are there other clues it's all about really trying to gather as much data a bit a bit like a detective uh, solving a, a mystery we want to get as many pieces of that jigsaw puzzle as we can to try and provide the best solution and given that actually many cases of low urinary tract disease are this idiopathic cystitis or stress cystitis that I've mentioned often what we would call a behavioural history is also really helpful and this is where we as well as the medical information gather data about uh, life at home for the cat so um, how big is, is the house does the cat go outside are there other cats in the house do they get on with each other um, are there known uh, situations of tension in the house any changes in the house that might explain um, the cat feeling unsettled and, and showing these signs so not necessary to always go into this much detail but certainly again with those more persistent or recurrent cases um, actually looking in detail at the behavioral background can be very helpful because if we find areas where we think there is some tension or some conflict then there may be a solution uh, that we can use to support that and i'll talk more about that uh, next week in the idiopathic cystitis session there are lots and lots of things that can stress out our cats and this is definitely not an exhaustive list but just for illustration um, this is a, a list of some of the most common causes of, of stress in cats that uh, that may result in low urinary tract signs if they are vulnerable to those so um, having the builder in um, do it, putting down a new patio that covers the cat's favourite bit of the garden, new neighbours with a new cat, um, new babies, all these sorts of things have the potential to, uh, to upset our cat's equilibrium and potentially um, cause or exacerbate uh, urinary problems. Beyond that, next steps that we'll want to take, well certainly as a clinician, will be to examine our, our patients and see if there are clues that we can glean on examination that will help to tell us um, whether, again, we're dealing with an idiopathic disease or whether there are other clues that take us in a different direction. So uh, what is the, the bladder size as well? Is the cat able to empty the bladder completely, which is, is normal, of course, or is the cat having difficulty emptying the bladder which is much more concerning. Um, is there any dehydration or other changes there that, uh, that may need more urgent action? So ideally, of course, an examination is, is the next step. And even in the current restrictions that many of us are facing um, due to the, the COVID situation, again, if your cat has these sorts of signs, um, your vets will almost certainly uh, be able to examine them. It will just be a slightly different experience for you because probably you won't be allowed to accompany your cat into the clinic or certainly that's that's typical at the moment and then after that um, other tests that of course may be helpful well a key one think of the urinary tract is obviously analysis of a urine sample because for example if there is a bacterial infection then collecting a urine sample sending that to a laboratory culturing the bacteria and also determining what antibiotics are likely to be most effective all of these things are going to really help us to be able to provide the best treatment uh, for your cat 
there are other clues that we can get on our urinalysis as well. So how concentrated or dilute the urine sample is, for example, whether there is blood in the sample or other abnormalities on our, our sediment. Are there unusual crystals, for example, or a lot of crystals that worry us? So there are all sorts of things that, uh, that we can get information from. Probably one of the biggest challenges, unfortunately, is that in cats with cystitis, if they are able to urinate, they often will be urinating very frequently. And it can be very difficult to actually get a urine sample, as you might imagine, because every time there's a little bit of urine in the bladder, the cat desperately pees it because they feel so uncomfortable. So that can be a challenge. And sometimes it's not possible uh, to as readily collect a urine sample as we would like. But certainly where at all possible, that's really, really Really useful. Blood tests often are not actually that helpful for cats with urinary tract problems. Um, they're definitely important in those cats that are unwell, particularly those cats where urethral obstruction, the, the blocked cat situation is suspected because there can be quite severe changes that we find on, on our blood screens which we can correct, which we can treat and uh, stabilise the cat. For example, potassium levels can go very, very high uh, in our blocked cats and they're acid-based uh, balance their blood acidity can also be be knocked off and again we can help those so that's one example of where the blood tests are useful but for example with a cat with idiopathic cystitis often the blood tests are not specifically that helpful um, there there aren't uh, changes on the blood panel that are either diagnostic uh, or useful for us to look at so a little bit of a, of a mixed bag there in terms of utility of blood tests Beyond that, the next useful thing to do is imaging. So imaging means using um, x-rays, ultrasound, possibly other imaging modalities, CT, MRI, uh, all exist in the vet world as well. But often it's ultrasound and x-rays that we use most frequently. Um, and actually ultrasounding the bladder is quite easy. The bladder is usually quite easy to find and easy to see. Urine shows up black on an ultrasound scan because it's, it's a fluid and this ultrasound image on the left hand side of the slide shows a little stone you can see in the cat's bladder so it can be a very helpful way of spotting problems. We can't unfortunately ultrasound the urethra, the tube from the bladder to the outside because of other structures in the way. So if we suspect a problem there, ultrasound is a little bit limited. Um, X-rays can be much more helpful for that. And the picture on the right hand side is an X-ray image which shows a contrast study being done in this cat. And the contrast is um, an iodine based contrast which shows up bright white on an X-ray. So you can now see some filling of the bladder but you can also see uh, the tube going from the bladder uh, towards the pelvis through the pelvis that's the the cat's urethra showing up on the x-ray so if you have a problem with the urethra um, such as narrowing a stricture um, or if there is uh, a prostate problem which uh, is rare in cats but does happen um, these sorts of studies can be really useful in finding that and indeed in this cat, you can probably appreciate that the contrast material filling the bladder looks a little bit irregular, particularly on the sort of upper surface um, because the cat's bladder was thickened in, a, in an irregular sort of way. Um, and normally that contrast should look like a white balloon. It should be quite a smooth balloon and it, you can see it's a bit rough 
on the upper and, and sort of left edges of that. So imaging certainly can be useful in terms of gathering uh, more data. Um, beyond that, um, there are some other tests which occasionally um, are available and can be helpful. Again, some of these are quite challenging in cats. So cystoscopy is actually using a small fiber optic device to, uh, or small camera to essentially look up inside the bladder. Um, but that is something that uh, often is limited by the size of the cat. And even in a large cat can be quite difficult to get a small enough device to look up there but uh, some uh, particularly some of the big referral centers will have access to cystoscopy and for female cats it's a bit easier because their urethra is a little bit larger than the male cats so uh, it can be useful to look inside there and in some situations it can be helpful to collect a sample of the bladder wall so a biopsy for looking at under the microscope um, and even potentially doing a bacterial culture on as well so um, there are occasionally these sorts of tests are, are helpful to do but the bulk of cases are managed with the tests that I talked about earlier so imaging and urine testing being the big ones that, uh, that are often very very helpful. So that really completes uh, today's discussion on causes of lower urinary tract disease and an introduction to this topic. Uh, my summary would be that this is a fairly common condition in cats of all ages, but the causes very much differ according to the age of cats. So in young and middle-aged cats, idiopathic disease is very, very common. This often uh, stress-related disease we'll talk about next week. But in older cats, often uh, bacterial infections become more likely um, so a completely different sort of treatment required for these cats and the older cats you would want to understand whether they have underlying disease that has um, precipitated that problem. Um, stress, because it's it's so important, really dedicates, uh, well, more than one presentation on it, but next week that will be a big part of it, really looking at what factors in the home can influence a cat and, and can uh, exacerbate uh, cystitis in, in particular. And of course, uh, the idea from today's session is really to introduce you to the topic and, and uh, emphasise that the best treatment, of course, comes having made uh, the, the correct diagnosis. So in those cases, that are persistent or recurrent signs that's why doing these tests is so important so we make sure that the long-term plan uh, fits best with whatever's wrong with the cats. So um, to conclude I'll just remind you of some useful resources on the website so um, we do have one of our book titles relates to this topic so caring for a cat with lower urinary tract disease is one of the caring for cats series of books and this one was written by myself and Professor Danielle Gunmore of the University of Edinburgh and is designed to be supportive to anyone who's had a cat with lower urinary tract disease in terms of explaining as I've done today what the causes are but also management so it really includes everything that I'm talking about um, in this presentation of uh, in the series of webinars but uh, you might find helpful as an additional resource for you so that's in the in the book section of the website um, and also a reminder that I do offer telephone referrals so if you have a cat with urinary problems or other feline internal medicine problems where you're finding it's it's difficult to uh, make the progress or get the outcome that you're looking for then um, please do bear that in mind as a possibility and there is information on that on the website as well. So thank you very much again uh, for choosing to, to listen to this afternoon's session. I, I do hope 
that you found it helpful.